When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, how are you doing? I'm Craig Parkinson. You are listening to the Two Shot Podcast. Sit yourself down, pop the kettle on. We're going to have a nice old chat. Who's it with this week? I'm going to tell you right now. this thursday is the sun out is the sky blue the answer to that is yes and we'll certainly where i am because we are heading into spring that can only be a good thing can't it eh? so um this is episode 17 and you know how when we started this all those years back what i wanted to try and achieve was a conversation between two people uh put the spotlight on the other person so we can get to know them and i think In fact, I know that this episode is a prime example of that, and it's with Rick Edwards. He's a presenter and a broadcaster on telly. If you're a certain age, you remember him from T4 and all sorts of other stuff. Right now, he is on The Wireless, on BBC Radio 5 Live, co-hosting The Breakfast Show. Um, And he came around my house, and I got him a glass of water, and we hit record, and we discuss his rather unusual path to where he is now and uh, if you like this episode go back to i think season three episode 11 with Dermot o'leary because there are comparisons between the two um as people as broadcasters and i think what makes them quite brilliant broadcasters is they've got that curiosity about other people and um, we discuss it in the episode about sometimes people, you know, just come up to Rick. And I, and I mentioned on the episode, as with Derma, it's almost like you kind of know them. You kind of know, oh, I've got, I, I feel like they're kind of a mate because they've got such a natural uh, broadcasting style. Um, yeah, it's a, a fantastic episode. I'm really, really chuffed with this. Um, I think you'll really like Rick. He's had a lot of fun. And as you'll hear, um, yeah, quite naughty and mischievous. Um, So should we get down to it? And I'll stop saying, um, okay. This is episode 17 of the Two Shot Podcast with the brilliant Rick Edwards. Enjoy, and I shall see you at the end. Rick, how are you? I am pretty good, I think. Yeah, it's a slightly funny time. Um, at the moment, in uh, in terms of my sort of work life, because um, because everything's slightly changed. Yeah, well, Maybe not ev- slightly. It all has. Yeah, everything's everything's changed. I'm doing a new job on the radio, which I really like. Um, but then the last few weeks, obviously, the world has gone to shit, um, and so now I'm doing three hours a day of uh, really bleak sort of war reporting fundamentally yeah. so talking to really distraught ukrainians and um i feel quite out of my depth and like uh i sort of i know what 
I know what I'm good at. I think I know what I can, but I know what my strengths are. I know what I can do. I sort of know why Five Live would have thought, oh yeah, he'd be quite good at that. I get it. Um, and it's sort of, you know, having an interest in lots of stuff and, and then been a, a little bit funny sometimes, adding a bit of levity. And th- that is not what is required <laughs> currently at all. Um, and so it's, um, it's tough and, um, it's definitely sort of affecting me quite a lot. And I'm not, I think if you're a sort of proper journalist, which again, I'm not, um, you, you're sort of prepared to some extent for this kind of eventuality and, and you're able to sort of compartmentalize a bit. So it doesn't just really sort of affect you outside of the, the job and you're, I wouldn't say desensitized exactly, but it's something like that. And I, I, I can't do it. I, I get genuinely really upset when I'm, when I'm speaking to people who are um, undergoing massive trauma. Um, and it's maybe getting slightly better, but I don't know. Like it, it I, I find, I'm finding it really, yeah. Re- get, really, getting really better as in, as in you're dealing with it. I think, I'm, I think I'm dealing with it a, a little bit better um and even that is slightly slightly depressing because maybe i'm just getting a bit desensitized to it like you you sort of Mm. you've spoken to a lot of people having an awful time and and after a while yeah it just um i suppose when you're just keeping it up and keeping it up and keeping it up for all those hours Mm. monday to friday must be just drained yeah 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 very much so and and you know like the getting up earlier you know my alarm goes off at 3 45 every morning and that even though i think i'm getting enough sleep somehow you're just your, your body's like no this isn't right yeah. <laughs> yeah it doesn't matter you think you've had enough sleep you you're definitely gonna have a sort of mild tiredness headache um, throughout the day um so uh so yeah, it's quite a long it's quite a long answer to quite a simple question um but that's <laughs> yeah that's what i need there's yeah, nothing yeah. You, you know it yourself there's nothing worse than a no or a yes yeah no give me how are you pretty good pretty, <laughs> next question give me a bit more and um, I, i've given you uh, much more this is great so everything it's all good how are you finding uh the move to manchester um did you have a connection with it anyway or had you spent no, time here no i mean i have i have worked here a bit um I've been out here a few times. It's a great city. Um, I didn't have any sort of particular ambition to, to to move here and wouldn't have done if it wasn't for the job. Um, and I think before sort of all of this stuff that's currently going on, mm. um, I felt that I was really, I was really enjoying the work, really enjoying the job. And then sort of everything the peripheral stuff so being in being in manchester in a rental flat on my own um and keeping really antisocial hours that was not not perfect um so ema who you know um she's you know she's she's been busy and she's still in in london and we're kind of looking for somewhere so that we can both be up here together at least some of the time but at the moment that's that's not how it's working so fundamentally i'm just quite lonely i think um and not really able to do much uh about it because mm. people are like well, let's go for a drink and i'm like yeah yeah absolutely how's how's two o'clock um and, uh, <laughs> and people are like well no i've got, I've got no that's that's I, not i've got work i've got like a normal job um so it's uh it's just weird it's weird um and also like, i'm 42 i don't 
even if I was in a position to sort of be, be going out and stuff, I don't know if I'm necessarily um, at the stage where I'm trying to make, like go out and make new friends. <laughs> That's a bit weird. And I've also, I've got like my, you know, my, my setup at home in, in London's great. Like I've got a really sort of close group of friends who I love and like my family and they're all there and we all live quite close to one another. So it's all sort of, I've, I've done all that and now I'm sort of marooned. I'm like, ah, <laughs> I haven't got the energy to do it all again. Yeah, I can't, I can't do it. It's, it's that feeling of when you, it, when you have a breakup and then you're like, oh my God, I've got to go through all of the, the rigmarole of getting to know someone and tell, tell the same old stories. And, and also them that. get to know me. The, and uh, first of it's got to be, has it got to be a version of me? I don't know if yeah. I can give myself to somebody and. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so it's it's like that, but with but with friends, and and thus far, I haven't I haven't I haven't had any opportunity to try it, and I, I feel like I'm not going to try it. Um, but I suppose the good thing is that I definitely there's no doubt in my mind I really really miss my wife, and yeah. that's that's you know that that's to be. Uh, I mean, it'd be, it'd be terrible worse if I did. If yeah, if you'd yeah. be terrible if you just went. Yeah, oh, I'm actually really it's pleased great. after break. Yeah, it's, it's really so nice, nice yeah. not being with her all the time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know um, what her take on it is. Um, she, I mean, she's definitely not coming to Manchester that much, but then she has been busy. So yeah, that's true. Know, yeah. She did seem she did seem very excited for you when we last spoke, and she also did expect. To you, for you to talk about her love for her for at least the first ten minutes of this podcast. Well, I think I've done a, I've done, I've done a bit of that. Actually. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. Say you've ticked the boxes there. So yeah. she, she should be very happy and very secure in the knowledge. Fantastic. Yes. Uh, well, I can relax now. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. fine. Don't have a drink of water. <laughs> um, we touched upon it a little bit, um, albeit in quite a light way. Is it? You the, said have a drink of water, and I just did what I was told there. Yeah, I mean, it's just such, like yeah, yeah, such is the power. Yes, yeah. I'll do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, anything else you'd like? <laughs> well, funny you should say that kitchen's in a right old state, right? <laughs> but we did touch upon it in the the patrons only section, and we mentioned about fame. Yeah. Um, you, if you're not a patron subscriber, you can go and listen to that and enjoy. I was mean, doing some great stuff. Oh my so god, be absolute worth gold! Being, I don't know how much he's fleecing you for, but it's worth it. Um, <laughs> how? How do you deal with the certain level of fame that you're at, or when did it certain? When did you recognise it? And you went, oh, was it was it back when was it in the sort of T four days? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, it's just it's it's a strange as as you all know, it's a strange thing to contend with, and I don't think it's hard to think about in the in the abstract it's hard to imagine how you would respond or how you would feel if people started to uh approach you and sort of say hello and and sort of act like they they know you mm. particularly i think when you're a presenter because the whole thing is there's no i'm not playing a character there's there's no oh, i hope anyway there's not right, actually i know there isn't because i couldn't do it there's no artifice it is just what you're seeing on screen or hearing on 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 the radio it is just me and if you if you're on so for example t4 so you're on most you know most weekends um then people do start to get to know you um and therefore if they see you then then they will want to have they'll sort of feel like it's quite natural quite normal to to have a chat and most of the time that's absolutely fine and then sometimes it's sort of less so because you just don't really 
you don't really feel like it or it's just not quite the, the, the right time. And the classic is like urinals. Um, it doesn't happen as much anymore. Not the, not the right to, time. It, it just used to be amazing how many how many people would start jacking to your urinals. You just sort of think, well, surely. I mean, even wait until I'm, I'm washing my hands. <laughs> but, but it's ever so slightly more, straight, more acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think I, I quite quickly realised that I love my job, but the sort of being known part, I didn't warm to. And I actually, I know lots of people who, I kind of don't mind it really and quite sort of embrace it. And actually, again, if I'd, um, if you'd asked me when I was younger if I would like that because I was an attention seeker, I think I would have said, oh yeah, definitely. I'd, yeah, yeah. And, and actually, it just turns out not for, not for me. Um, and so I think I've probably made, I don't know if it was subconscious. No, it was probably conscious actually, um, decision not to sort of curry more attention than was necessary yeah. so you know don't do very much press um never really have uh, i mean sometimes you, you have to but i'm not i'd never just sort of go out and push myself without a thing that i'm being told uh, contractually you have to do this yeah um and uh i don't really i don't have sort of famous friends particularly other than people that i've worked with with who then happened to be famous or people that I was friends with from before who've ended up being famous. But I don't, I've never particularly been one for going out to sort of celeb parties and that kind of thing. I think I did do a little bit of that and quickly realised it wasn't, wasn't something that I, so I just didn't really enjoy it very much. I'd just no. much rather be with my sort of uh, actual friends. Yeah, the real friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like the people that you... The people you'd be very happy with if you were going for a one-on-one drink with, and um, most of the people you see at celeb parties, imagine that that, that, that having to do a one-on-one drink with any of those people. No, I awful. couldn't. I couldn't think of anything. Or, or like awful, awful, <laughs> genuinely, genuinely awful. Yeah, and that's not a that's not a criticism of sort of celebrities, but it's just like people that you don't know very well. <laughs> like, why would you want to do that? Yeah, of course. Um, and with that one weird thing in common. Oh, Such I know. A I've weird seen it thing. before. It's just awful. It's not. It's not the one. Is it? It's, <laughs> it's really not. I mean, I know there's very few people I know with that would go across our industries who would who would court that type of thing. You know, yeah. a percentage, and I don't really know. I won't class them as friends. Most people and I go, oh no, I couldn't think of anything worse. To be honest, yeah, yeah. you know, there's a, there's a kind of. Um... It's just a slight desperation to it as well, isn't there? That you can't quite get away from. Like you yeah. see the same old people, like those people that you see in um, sort of magazine articles about parties, who you look at and with the best will in the world, you go, "I don't know what it is that you've done that merits you being at that party, yeah. or of any interest." And that's that's genuinely not like a criticism, and maybe it's more a reflection on me not being fully across the zeitgeist, but. It's it's a weird thing. There are definitely a sort of small group of people, and they keep who, cropping up. Yeah, who keep they're sort of everywhere. And you yeah. go, what what does that? I don't. I, gen- I don't know what that person does. I don't really. No idea. Um, I but you're sort of, there. But you're again. But you're, but you're there, and it's certainly. And you look. You absolutely look the part, and you look like you're having a great time. And good luck to you. Um, but but why, <laughs> why? Why, why is it? Why is it happening? And I think the answer. Um, 
a sort of peek behind the curtain is um, you get a publicist and you think. pay people to pay, get you, you to. Yeah, I think which is quite. I, I a, believe so. Yeah, genuinely, I, that's I, not me being facetious. I believe that. Y- I believe that's. Yeah, happens. yeah, yeah. I, I, I um, like years and years ago, because it felt like a thing to do. I got a publicist because lots of other people were sort of in a similar position to me had publicists. Yeah, and um, and there was just a lot of that. It was just kind of them saying, "Oh, we've got you an invite to this party," and you sort of think. Oh. Um, I don't know. Why am I, so, rumours in the lines here. I'm paying quite a lot of money to get invited to parties I don't want to go to. And personally, yeah. I don't like parties at the best of yeah. times. I certainly, yeah, no. I, I always say, and anybody that knows me knows it's my birthday next week, right? And I just have a low key affair, don't really do much. The worst thing you could possibly do for me is throw a surprise birthday party. Yeah, horrible. Uh, I would curl up. I mean, the worst. You know when the spotlight's just turned on you, you go, no, I couldn't do it. I couldn't go to somebody else's birthday party. Yeah, that's all right. right. It's fine. Attention's fine. not on me. Yeah, yeah. But to, I'd be so worried that everybody wouldn't be having a good time, I wouldn't be able to relax. Yeah. Yeah, the surprise party. <gasps> I mean, you've got to be a... Gives me shivers. Oh, God, does it? You've got to be a very specific <laughs> yeah. type of person to, to go... <gasps> Do you know what? I love... I Thank you, everyone. <laughs> yeah. You all love me and you're it's here. It's my moment. <laughs> it's form an orderly cue. No, thank you. But just going back to the fame thing and people coming up to you, you, on radio as well as telly, you've always come across as very personable and natural. And so I, I think sometimes with that, it's like, take, for example, completely different. But Stuart Lee, yeah. I think people would be quite... Well, you're not going up. You're not going to go up to him and go, mm. "How are you?" Because absolutely, he, his persona on stage is well, it's, it's Stuart Lee, isn't it? Yeah, Stuart Lee. It's a sort of combative, um, sort of disapproving, mm. uh, cynical, intellectually yeah. superior. Yeah, yeah. You feel like whatever you say, <laughs> he's going to absolutely rinse you for. Yeah. Um, so no, d- yeah, no chance in hell. I'm going up to Stuart Lee. Um, but with you, because I think that's why people think. Oh yeah, there's Rick Edwards. Oh, I know him because he's just like my mate so and so. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and and that that's I think that's actually a good thing. Oh, I think it's uh, a fantastic. Uh, I think it's a fantastic thing because and, there's nothing worse. And even before I started the podcast, whether you see it on television, but I can really hear it on the radio when people are insincere, uh, and yeah. I do hear it a lot with yeah. broadcasters, yeah. not just what. I mean, not just when they're interviewing, when they're talking to the mm. audience at home. Mm. And I've, I remember hearing somebody be interviewed once, and I'm not going to say who it was, but they were laughing. And you go, you don't find that funny at all. I can just, you don't have to make that person feel that comfortable by laughing at all their shit, shit gags. No, and also there's like, there's a there's a level to that. Like, obviously you're sort of, you're greasing the wheels a bit mm. of an interview, but you don't have to, I don't know, that just sounds like sort of, sycophancy which is never great in in an interview context um i think i'm i'm often surprised by the number of presenters that i know who aren't really um i don't really like people which is quite an odd i think that's it's quite an odd career to go in uh, to go into if you if you don't like people or in in, in my view yeah or you're 
you're certainly not curious about people. Right, I remember right. when I spoke, and spoke to Dermot O'Leary a few years ago and he says, you know, we're just, I'm fascinated by people. I'm that's, curious about them. And I think that's really healthy. Right, and that that is a really great reason to be a, be a presenter and it's sort of why I, I like meeting people finding out sort of what people are like and then and then lightly taking the piss out of them that's what i enjoy <laughs> that's my sort of that's my comfort zone uh, i mean i didn't help matters when i opened the door yeah. on my knees but you went yeah. in with the taking the piss straight away and we didn't we've yeah. only just met so yeah i mean to be honest you you can't expect me not to no i when, mean i mean you're literally peering up at me from your floor i'll set them up you knock them down <laughs> but um yeah i think uh i think you have to be I th- or, or you, you d- well, really, you don't have to be, but I think you should be interested in people finding out what makes people tick. Um, and I, 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 that's probably my favourite part of the job is is just getting to meet all sorts of people from all walks of life and sort of have a bit of have a bit of fun with them. Mm. Um, but there's yeah, there's there's an awful lot of people who who don't have that. Um, and then there's there's a few there's a few real uh, enigmas who are sort of and I can't I obviously can't and won't name any names here but there's some presenters who I find extraordinary because they are technically very good at presenting yeah so they absolutely do the job you can see why they've got the job but are also weirdly innately unlikable <laughs> and that and you can't there's nothing you can do about that you no. just you you sort of you you are or you aren't. And um, and that's that. But that you are like the job that you've got really requires likability in a lot of in a lot of cases. Not all, not all presenters, I suppose, but most. Um, but there's a few. Where you're just like, well, you're not a. That is not a likable person. Yet you're doing very well. Yeah. Um, and you've got to say hats off to them because <laughs> I don't know how you're managing it. <laughs> well, you mentioned before about being quite an attention seeker. As yes. A child. Yes. Yes. What kind of child were you apart from attention seeker? Um, that attention seeker was the kind of headline news, really. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm an only child, and um, so it's sort of it's cliche, isn't it? But and so growing up, um, we didn't have, didn't really have any money, but I was absolutely spoilt for for, for attention by my mum and dad, um, and I think that then translated for when I went to school and stuff into just always wanting to be the center of attention. Um, and I got into, it was a real surprise to my, <laughs> to my mum and dad actually, because I was basically a really sort of good kid for them. Like I didn't really give them any grief, but I mean, every now and again, but I was basically well-behaved, nice sort of sociable, quite sort of sweet kid. But at school, I was a nightmare, and so in what way? Sort of, I was just, I was just naughty, and just that it all, all came through trying to sort of make people laugh and sort of get people to be watching me being an idiot or whatever it was. And so, um, you know, my was that in the playground as well as classrooms? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would say probably more in the classroom. I don't really. I think. I think sort of. A, and the playground is just playing football. Right, <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, yeah. Uh, and then, so that was sort of like, yeah, that was leisure. And then during class, it's just sort of, okay, let's see, see if I can make everyone laugh. 
um, and challenge that authority within that yeah, space. I know yeah. what you mean. I mean, yeah. I, I've I've always, apart from with my mum and dad, I've always had a sort of some sort of problem with authority. I don't really know where that comes from. Always felt the need to sort of poke it, uh, yeah, sort of rail against it. I no idea why, but that that got me into that. Definitely got me into trouble. So I had to leave a, I had to leave a school uh, because. Had to leave, uh, or you were asked to leave. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, I was asked to leave. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to dress and, it up, uh, right? no. Um, and you know, and that, and that that really just came from me being just just giving a load of lip to teachers, um, and eventually they got sick of it, so <laughs> off I went. Um, the so, uh, the deputy headmaster of my secondary school listens to this podcast, so he'll he'll understand because I was I, I was exactly uh, for, uh, the same. very good, yeah. very good. Yeah, um, what's his name? Uh, Richard Catmore. Hello, Richard. <laughs> Hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Just to let you know, I would have been a nightmare in your school. <laughs> I can guarantee that. Um, yeah, but the, the the sort of I suppose the interesting thing is that that. Um, urge to needle authority has stayed with me and it's not very helpful and so i've just sort of every now and again i'll just do i'll just do stuff and then you kind of take a step back and just go why have you what have you what have you done that for then (laughs) and it's almost always partly because i think it's funny and then partly just because of this sort of um yeah this this desire to just poke um I mean, I can tell you a short um, the current anecdote, uh, which is <laughs> that um, I've just presented a show for America, uh-huh. for NBC, and it's this sort of reality dating show, sort of Regency era, sort of dressed up in sort of Jane Austen clobber. Um, and uh, it's quite, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a fun show, but throughout, there was a real tension between what an American, um, well, not necessarily an American audience, but what an American sort of production company and channel want versus sort of British sensibilities. So our thing is always to take the piss and, and, and sort of be funny. And that, that's kind of our, our go-to and theirs is, is earnestness, like really like very, very serious, very emotional. And so throughout the, throughout the filming process, we were kind of yeah, butting up um, and trying to find the the sort of the, the compromise position concerning your presenting style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because and also it's, it's funny like they had no idea where I was. Like they'd never sort of seen me before. They'd know what I'd done, or you know, they'd kind of you, know, you go through this audition process, but you're spending very little time. They don't really know anything about you, and then and then they they they. <laughs> they quickly realise what you're like, <laughs> so, and they're like, "Oh, uh, well, uh, less of l- l- less, less of that, please." Um, yeah, dial, we, dial that down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stop being funny. Um, and uh, and so and we, we we got there, and and I think the show is the the, the show is good, but we're still the, the show just started going out, and um, uh, uh, yesterday, um, and we're still doing voiceover, and there's still uh, so I'm. I'll do some more voiceover after this, actually. And, and there's still that sort of slight battle about what we can get through in the voiceover. Um, anyway, um, 
it's a very sort of long preamble to say that the the people who run the channel, who I've never like literally like the the, the big bosses of NBC. Um, I guess this is indiscreet, but I don't really. I think it's fine. Don't worry, um, we can we can no, sell I, th- it I think we I think we just leave it in um, because <laughs> it is it is funny. Um, they and I, I've never met these people, but they sent an email on. Uh, so this was on Friday. Just sort of a very sort of classic, sort of very earnest American, but really, yeah, you know, like a sweet email, just saying, you know, really excited about the show's premiere and thanks for all your hard work and it's been great being, you know, that that you've you've put all this all this time and I think people are going to love it. And then the um, the head of the production company who made it um, emailed back and said, oh, thank you, it's amazing to collaborate with you and uh, you know thanks for all your support and i really think you know the audience are gonna are gonna love this show um and uh the show had sort of various titles along the way um, but it's now called the courtship um and i emailed uh and i just said hold on is it not called jane austen's fuck city anymore <laughs> question mark question mark question mark question mark <laughs> and, I mean... uh, and so and the, uh, what I'm thinking is that's very funny, and also I just I like the fact that they're going to have to react to this. But the but the kicker is nothing, absolute silence. No no, no one has emailed back. That's <laughs> even no, worse. It's gone. It's gone. Oh. I, sort of, I haven't told my agent that because she'll go mad. But I told Ema about it. She was just like, "What is what is wrong with you?" What is wrong with you? I mean, and I'm like, yeah, um, but but it is funny. It's like I'm not saying it's not funny. I'm saying you shouldn't have done it. And it's funny. Yeah. But it's one thing. It's one thing being sarcastic in person, right? It's another thing that it translates over via a text or an email to somebody that you know, and you still worry. These are people yeah. that you don't really yeah, know. I, don't know. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they haven't got back is superb. Is brilliant. It's superb. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, that A, sort of typifies the whole experience, um, but also very neatly sort of sums up my, I think, my personality. <laughs> <laughs> so I would have, that's, if we'd had emails at school, I would have done that kind of thing. Like, that hasn't, that is a thread that is unchanging. <laughs> like, a sort of naughty, sort of giggling behind my hand <laughs> sort of vibe. Terrible. Terrible, really. But um, we are where we are. But so much fun. Yeah, and I've got, this is... At some point, you have to accept that you have the personality you have, and, 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 and there it is. And people just have to deal with yeah, they, it. They right? do, and, and honestly, I think most people like it, and then some people don't. You know, uh, we, have you ever had to dial things down being on Five Live now? Yeah, I mean, just you have to sort of navigate the tone much more carefully. Yeah. Um, because it, it, it demands that, but I, I, I kind of like that. I think it's, it's quite a good exercise and I definitely, like, I enjoy the, the, the stuff that isn't in any way sort of, um, amusing. Like I don't just sort of sit there thinking, oh yeah, when are we going to get to a thing that we can have some fun with? <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's it is more of a it's more of a challenge I think because it's it's sort of it, it's all over the place um, and that's the beauty of it but but it does mean that you you do have to think about gear changes and stuff quite a lot and and there's certain I think I've definitely made a couple of errors probably in in the four months that I've that I've done it sometimes just even little things like 
I've always wanted to try and communicate and present in using the words that I would just use if I was just talking to anyone anyway. Like I don't, I sort of don't enjoy sort of very formal language. Um, I don't enjoy um, stuff that feels very written. Just never, just never have. I've always thought try and just say it like you would say it if you're out and about. Um, and, and I think occasionally that can feel a bit too casual occasionally for for the channel and and we've kind of spoken about that and i get it so that that i think i need to slightly tweak like and also it's so um it's quite relaxed and and rachel my co-host is is brilliant um and we have we do have have a bit of a laugh sometimes and and sometimes when i am having a laugh i get carried away (laughs) yes that's the sort of truth of it um and i'll um you know call call someone a, a tool and then uh, and they'll be like, "Well, no, don't, don't probably best not. Yeah, don't, uh, yeah, don't, don't yeah, but not that. <laughs> we like it, Rick, but not not that." <laughs> How do you find the balance of a, a co-host on the radio compared to sort of co-hosting on TV? Um, I think it's more fun um, on radio because, and maybe this is just the. Maybe this is just the show itself, but you just you're spending a lot of time with that person, and none of the stuff that you're so you know obviously the the team are amazing and they're, and they're you know producing the show and putting together loose scripts for stuff, but the stuff where you're just chatting is entirely organic and entirely unscripted, and it's really it's it's, it's really nice, and that doesn't happen so much on on tv like everything is much more it's kind of what the best thing about radio actually is is that you you get to just sort of make stuff up on the on the spot and you're not you don't rehearse anything like i can't i'm quite i'm quite easily bored and rehearsing (laughs) rehearsing like i just it, it like as soon if i'm if i have to rehearse a joke for example for tv I I find it hard to then do it again and still. Well, that's do it really with, difficult because uh, it ceases to become funny. Yeah, yeah. But then you know, comedians do it the whole time. Although <laughs> I, in my absolute ignorance, so when I was younger, I did I did a bit of stand up. I started out doing stand up when I was at university. I was going to ask you about that because I yeah. don't know how I knew, or I was just taking a punt that you may have done that. Yeah, yeah. Early on. Um, that that was actually the thing that was best for me at university, coming out of school and there being a legitimate outlet for me to try and make people laugh rather than disrupting a classroom. And that was genuinely, I think, really, yeah, helped me a lot. Um, but when I was doing it at university, you sort of, um, I didn't do loads of it, but when you did do it, it was kind of quite a similar crowd who would come in um to these nights it was like tuesday nights or something yeah and um and so you just you just do new stuff every time because the people would have heard you and it never really occurred to me i'd not seen enough i'd sort of i'd, I'd watched stand up i've been to see live like professional comedians but i don't think i'd seen anyone more than once or if i had not the same tour i honestly hadn't realized that people just did the same set again and again so when i came to london um, and I was sort of on the open mic circuit. It was an absolute. I, I was. 
I, I couldn't I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> you sort of, you'd go somewhere, you'd be like, no, I've seen you do all this stuff. Um, but that's obviously how you, I mean, very obviously, when you think about it, that's how you get better. That's how you hone your material. But I hadn't, um, yeah, I hadn't sort of gauged that. And I just was not, I, I, yeah, I found that I found that quite quite tricky. That's not the, I didn't, by no means is that the only reason I didn't become a stand-up comedian. Like I had several, so when I was starting out, I did a double act with Joe Wilkinson and uh, uh, knew Diane Morgan really well, and they were both they, they were both just bad. Like, it's, it's interesting. I, I was I was fine. I, like, I was I was good enough, um, that, but they were clearly better. <laughs> and it's, it's interesting that sort of thing. We just like, well, these are the, yeah these these people are, they, they'll, these, they'll do these very well. Do very well, yeah. and, and rightly so. And uh, yeah, could I have made a career? I don't know really, but. I was never going to be as I couldn't see how it ever be as good as them. Equally with Joe, who I I spent more time with, he really worked at it. Like, and I could, yeah, he'd be doing sort of, you know, he was still work. He was a graphic designer back then, um, an ad agency, I think, and he was still doing sort of four or five gigs a week and really, um, yeah, just really working at the at the craft, which is what you have to do. And I, if I did. If I did two gigs in a week, I'd be feeling very pleased with myself. Like I was, uh, really, yeah, <laughs> it's really motoring. Um, and so that was the other thing I could sort of, you know, probably when we first started out, there was maybe less, less to, I still think Joe, Joe and Diane were better, but like there was less to choose between us. And as time went on, they were just getting, I could just see them getting much better than me yeah. and me not really getting very much yeah, better. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah. Um, so what was the plan at university? Didn't have one. Um, yeah, really didn't have one. I went... I don't even know if I wanted to go to university. It's a really... It's it's, it's odd. I, I, um, I knew that my parents would be really pleased if I went to, if I went to university. You know, they'd be really proud. Um, and, like, they, they hadn't been to uni or anything and... Uh, you know, only one person in my family had been to uni before me. And so it was quite a big, it felt like a big deal. Um, and then I wanted to go to Bristol, actually, which is where my friends, most of my friends were going. Um, but I also sort of knew that I had a, a, an outside chance, at least, of getting into um, getting into Cambridge. And I thought that, you know... Probably churlish not to try, and so I, I, I so I applied and I, and I and I got in, um, and so I went there, which is and and it was uh, it's a funny place, um, and I didn't I really didn't like it at first because I'd sort of everything that I'd feared it might be it was right okay and but and worse, um, and I was doing maths, um, essentially because I was quite I was quite lazy, always quite lazy, and. Um, but I was I was just good at I was good at maths and and science and also they they required the least work yeah. for, for, if you could do them at least and I and I could or at least I, I was um, I was good at exams that's actually the truth of it I don't think I was ever I was never academic you would be wrong to even though I sort of if you sort of looked at my academic career you go well, you must have been very academic I could, no I know lots of people who are very academic <laughs> they're not me I was just a guy who was good at exams and sort of good but it at must have come, did it mass did it come easy to you yeah it did it did right. but then it very um, I think the thing with 
I don't know. I mean, it's amazing that I did it to myself, but the literally the Cambridge maths degree is is very highly regarded because it's the hardest maths degree you can do yeah. literally anywhere in the world. And um, it was, I mean, it was just so, I cannot, I cannot overemphasize how hard it was. Um, <laughs> and I'd never really, and so it went from always finding maths easy to suddenly just being like, what the fuck? I can't, I can't do this. On top of uh, the people who do maths at Cambridge, Quite, um, they're they're an interesting, particular, interesting, yeah, particular is a good word. They're a particular, particular crew, um, and 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 didn't fit in. Uh, I didn't really fit in particularly well, but more, but it wasn't like um, it wasn't the sort of thing where I was like, I'm, I'm too cool for these guys. It was very much they didn't want anything to do with me. Like it wasn't a sort of me stepping away. Yeah, them saying, well, no, we're not. You know, you're not, you're not really one of us. So that was great, um, and so I, I, I changed subjects after after a year. So I, I stuck it out for a year, and then was just like, I can't. I don't know. I can handle it. What did you change? So I changed to science, right. to the science degree, which is more, which is more enjoyable. But I also I didn't. E- even at university, they they quite often spoke about um, uh, kicking me out. Um, because, Again, because for, I didn't, uh, for the old. No, no, actually, no. This was for laziness. Um, this right. was for not going to not going to lectures and uh, not going to the sort of one on one supervisions and stuff. Um, but I just, I feel like if I went to university now, I'd absolutely love it. I'd really, and I'd work hard, and mm. I'd do all my reading, and I'd. Uh, it would be a joy. It'd be, yeah. it'd be such a joy. Yeah. Like if, if there was a way to, to the extent that me and Ema have spoken about it, I've said like, I would at some point really love to do that. And she's like, well, when are you? I mean, that's <laughs> mad. You're not going to do that. And she's probably right. But at that time, and I think this is true of lots of people, just, I just didn't want to, I just didn't want to work. I didn't, I wanted to, you know, like hang out with my friends and sort of, you know, go out and get pissed and stuff and, um, make people laugh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I enjoyed that and I didn't, I didn't want to go to my lectures. And, and I can remember having a conversation with a senior fellow. I don't know what they've called. They've got a name. Dean. Was he the Dean? He might've been. Anyway. Um, where I tried to sort of explain that and he just looked at me like I'd, (laughs) I'd lost my mind. I just said, (laughs) the thing is like, I don't like, Obviously, I'm here, and I'll and I'll try and you know not fail my exams. But in an ideal world, yeah. But I'm not like I just don't really want to go to lectures and stuff. (laughs) And he and 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 that is not something that goes down well in a in in this sort of pressure cooker academic environment of a university. Only but imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very. I I thought honesty is the best policy. It was not the best policy. (laughs) Not in this instance. No, not at all. all. So did you manage to complete? I did, I did. And in one of the, um, an absolute travesty is I, I I got a, I got a two one. So like a, a a respectable, respectable degree. And, um, I've got lots of friends who also got two ones who sort of worked for three years or four years or whatever, (laughs) really. And, uh, it, it, it genuinely fucked fuck some of my friends off i think and and rightly so yeah like listen, listen i have to hold my hands up and say yes that that is 
that is a disgrace. Edwards, I, 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 Edwards swans through three or four it, years it, it, and comes out with a two-one. Yeah, it's 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 terrible, and 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 tells you that the exam system um, is flawed because it shouldn't be possible that someone like me <laughs> can crack it, can, can, can get through <laughs> and get the same. You know, when you and, and you know, everyone forgets. You know, in, in the end, no one no one cares about all of that. You just look. Well, actually, no one cares, as in no one ever thinks about it once you leave university, which is a good thing to know. Um, but if anyone did, they're just going to think, oh, that's quite good. You did quite well. Um, and I didn't. I really didn't. It was undeserved, thoroughly undeserved. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the next step then after university? I'm, I'm trying to get to... Because I don't hear any... My, my son, who's 10, said to me the other day, said, ah, I think I've got a top three of, of things that I want to do when I'm older. I said, you've got plenty of time. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they all revolved yeah. around Japan and anime and things it's like that okay. because that's what he's into at yeah. the moment, and that's yeah, fine. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Is he drawing a bit of manga? He started... Nice. ...dying to Very go to Japan. Nice. But he needs to just broaden his palate mm-hmm. with his taste because... Yeah, you know, it's, you, you, you've got to go in there with a, with an, an open palate. Yes, I mean I love it. Yeah, and the food's fantastic, mm-hmm. but there's some stuff that is, uh, you know, testing. Whether I would have liked all that at ten years old is, is another matter. Probably yeah. not. I think I I would have given it a go. I reckon, but it's hard to know. Um, I mean, there was some stuff where me and Emma went on our honeymoon to Japan and had a fantastic time ate some incredible food, but sometimes when you go and stay in a rear can, so one of the sort of traditional inns, yeah. you you don't get to you don't get to choose what you're eating. They just bring you they bring you the meal. So you sat there in your on your tatami mats and they come in um, and also they, they sort of stand there and watch you while you while you eat. And some of the stuff is a know, challenge. Is, um, a real challenge. And I was having to um I was having to eat double of some of these things, uh, subtly. <laughs> I, I just remember there was this absolutely vast oyster. Um, I like oysters. Mm. I don't want a huge oyster, and I don't want it um, sort of shallow fried. Um, but that, well, that that's what it was. And so I got. I managed to get one down, and then Amos sort of slid hers over. <laughs> and I'm just you. looking at this thing going, my <laughs> good Lord. Um <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, your son's gonna have to, you know, you're gonna have to yeah, step in prepare himself for, for that. Um but, but I yeah, don't... top three I I mean I, I I genuinely had no idea what I wanted to do. Um I think when I was younger I thought I'd quite like to be a vet because I like animals. I thought I'd quite like to be a stunt man because I really liked the full guy yeah. with Lee Majors. Um I thought at one point I quite wanted to be an architect, but I did work experience in an architect. It's quite funny, a, a council architect's office because that was the best thing that my school could arrange <laughs> and it was so boring um and i and i and i think this is a very good um observation yes some architects get to do incredible projects that are sort of mind-blowing and beautiful and iconic but the majority of architects are going to be doing some really humdrum stuff yeah that it is quite tedious and sort of paint by numbers um, and that's certainly that's the case with the um yeah with the council architects where sort of just designing sort of planting areas for Marks and Spencer's or whatever well ironically um, architect was one of his in his top three that, but it was but it was very specific it was an architect of uh futuristic hotels in Japan 
see yeah, there's, see, a, there's see, a link. That sounds yeah, interesting. And that, that would be superb, yeah. of course. Um, but pragmatically, that might not be where he ends up. Yeah, exactly. Up. You do have to... It's the last six years. Oh. Six years of that. Um, to potentially be, you know, sort of um, designing, I don't know, like a drive through McDonald's or something. Oh, dear. I know. Bleak. Not for me. Um, but saying that, you know, you said at that time, what were you, like 21, 22? Yeah, yeah. And I, um, yeah, li- literally no no clue what I might want to do. I'd, I'd enjoyed doing the, the stand-up and sort of sketches and stuff. Sort of had a vague idea that maybe performing in some way would be a good um, good route. Were you doing any footlights? Just yeah, did a back. little. Yeah, did a little bit of footlights. Yeah, uh, never like um, the the tour shows or anything. Like lots of my friends um, who I'm still friends with now, they they did much more of it, you know, and uh, you know went up to Edinburgh and stuff. But I, I couldn't. I've never been able to act. Never been able to act. Um, and uh, and so and that that's sort of quite a key bit yeah. of, uh, of doing those those shows. <laughs> <laughs> Just you, you, you've got to accept that about yourself. I'm. I'm I'm good at being myself, and I'm definitely I'm, I'm good at that. Um, but anything else is, uh, is is beyond me. My very very limited range, indeed. Know your limitations. Yes. <laughs> Someone said to me yeah. years ago, when, in my early twenties, when I was starting to act, know your limitations because it's a strength. Yeah. And, it's, and it's right. So yeah, 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 yeah. My career, I'm yeah, and yours as well. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no point me doing, you know, doing auditions for things. Every now and again, that have done them in the past and every time I just thought this is this is a waste of everyone's time I'm not I'm not going to get this part I shouldn't get this part because I cannot do it <laughs> and if Unless, I do something's yeah. gone wrong yeah so. <laughs> or if I do it's because the only times I've ever acted in anything I've always been playing a, a version of myself absolutely um, but literally a version of myself as in a character called Rick Edwards <laughs> and then I'm okay <laughs> but even then like we like a long time ago um, me and my one of my best friends um made a, a sitcom pilot for Channel 4 that actually I think was quite good. Yeah, we, we were happy with it. And it was a sort of fictitious version of me. And we genuinely had a discussion about um, who we thought should play me because <laughs> we both were like, probably shouldn't be you. Uh, <laughs> and in the end, it was me. And, I, I, you know, I made a, a, a decent fist of it. But, um, but not, yeah, it, yeah, the, the fact that we were honestly thinking, okay, who can we get? Who would be good, good. at this? Because uh, six foot can rule out you. Yeah, you're yeah. out. <laughs> you're obviously out. Um, but yeah, so um, and also the other thing, I'd always really enjoy, like watched a lot of TV with my mum and dad. We always liked TV, but then we just never. Um, it just sound, it sort of sounds dumb to say it. I just hadn't considered that it was a job that people that like were making TV was a job that was in any way um, possible for someone like me. Like we just didn't know. I'd I'd never met anyone who worked in the media. No, I don't, but I don't, ever, just ever, jumping ever. in, I don't think it sounds dumb at all because I've sp- I've spoken to. Um, actors on this podcast as well and they've said when they were growing up they didn't even realize that that would be a viable career you, you don't know do you so, no you don't especially if you don't have any sort of familial connections or 
you know, or like your friend's parents do. Like that, that kind of stuff's quite important. That yeah. kind of um, sphere of opportunity is quite interesting. And it just happened. Like, like my, my parents have been always incredibly supportive of everything I've ever done and, and pretty much said, you, you, you can do whatever you like. It's just that they wouldn't have, I don't know, just, we just didn't really, just weren't aware, weren't aware that, you know, being a comedian, being a TV presenter, working in TV production, any of this, it just, yeah, it was, it was nowhere near anything I'd ever thought of. Um, and then, um, yeah, and then I guess when I was in my last year at university, I did, I was doing a bit of, uh, painful to talk about, but I was doing a bit of modelling. We don't need to go into that. Okay. That was awful. Um, but we'll do, do uh, that for the Patreon special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, uh, was that they, just, do, do we have to go into it? Is that comfortable? Cause I, I, I no, horrible, horrible. And, and actually it's made it so that I don't, I don't think before I started doing that, I minded having my photo taken at all. Like I don't think I had any view on it. I'm just like, fine. And now I don't like having my photo taken. I'm pretty sure it's from modeling. It's mm. like, it's a grim old, it's a grim industry. Um, I didn't, I really didn't like it. Um, yeah, I've, I've found it, uh, sort of quite depressing actually. And, and, uh, yeah, sort of upsetting at times as well. Like they're genuinely mean to you. Um, I'm sort of just saying things like you've got, you know, your face is too fat, you're drinking too much beer. And you're like, I'm, I'm like, I'm 21. Like, oh, leave like of course I'm drinking a beer. Also, I know I don't have a fat face. Um, I'm just not unbelievably drawn yeah don't give me a compliment. <laughs> yeah 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 uh but anyway they uh i think yeah through that they said that um t4 were doing sort of open open auditions um and this would have been to replace dermot actually right and um and, and i was just like oh yeah i'll go and give that a go having never thought anything about presenting the the audition process went quite quite well i got down to the last two Weirdly, me and Colin Murray, who are now both on Five Live, yep. um, and uh, and then actually, night for various reasons, neither of us got it, and they gave the job to Vernon. Fine, but that sort of sowed the seed in my mind of like, oh, that was quite fun. Like the, you know, I did sort of two weeks kind of shadowing the presenters and stuff, and uh, yeah, and I think then I was like, okay, that could be that 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 could be an option, right? Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of came out of that, and then weirdly, I. I when I st- finished university, or actually in, in my last year, I started tutoring. I was doing like one-on-one sort of private tutoring, basically for rich kids um, in maths and science. And um, I ended up tutoring Ruby Wax's kids. Right. Um, and one um, one evening, I was sat after tutoring her son, sat at her kitchen table and she, we, we sort of got on quite well and she just said what are you basically what are you doing with your life and I was like oh, I don't know um and I, I sort of casually said I was sort of vaguely thinking about television and she said have you applied for any graduate trainee schemes um and I was like no and also went didn't even know they existed because I'd never properly sort of it wasn't a sort of properly formed idea but I went away and and um looked up graduate trainee schemes applied for one and, and got on it um and so I was like a junior researcher and then did that for did that for a year or so and did, did a bit of freelance development after that. But also they they got me to do a bit of on screen stuff because they um they'd used me to do some audience warm up for a studio show and that went quite well. 
And so then it kind of, I mean, it's it's all, you know, there's, there's lots of other detail in there, but basically I started working in TV and then people sort of said, oh yeah, maybe you could do on-screen stuff. And then eventually I got a, I got a job doing music stuff on, on E4 sort of permanently. Um, and, uh, but there's never been any, there's never been any great plan and arguably still isn't. Um, it's just sort of, you know, you just sort of drift from one thing to to another and, um, I think you, you're always in danger if there is a plan. Well, yeah, because then something can go wrong. Mm-hmm. Whereas actually I can look back over my career, which is eccentric, I would say, in terms of the sort of different stuff that I've done. But I can't look back and say, well, that went wrong uh, because there was nothing to go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like we were... I was I was taking I was taking things as as they as they came and making decisions sort and of in, learning in, on the in, job in the moment. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, was uh, there any time like a producer said we want you to kind of change your style or change who you are? Because um, I have a friend of mine who says oh, I can't listen to you on your podcast. And I said, thank you, thank you very much. Thank you for yeah, being yeah, so supportive. Yeah, yeah. Because she went, it's hard for me because it, it, it's you, but it's like a version mm, of you. Mm, mm, mm. Not necessarily probably in this bit, so if I'm doing an intro to yeah. who the others listening. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I've not really... I mean, it, actually, this this American show is probably the closest... Um, what as in where, changing style? Yeah, where they're, they're lit, all of the stuff that I just naturally want to do, which is sort of ad lib and be funny. That that, that I feel is the yeah what I'm good at. They were certainly initially quite resistant to. It was interesting, um, and then I think you know very early on, actually, when I was. Yeah, so when I was a junior, junior researcher on the graduate trainee scheme, um, the head of talent at that production company said, "I don't." Basically, I don't think you're. I don't think you've got, you know, what it takes. So I would, I would focus on, you know, behind the camera, which uh, I don't. Uh, and and uh, and she she would definitely not remember saying that, which is quite funny. <laughs> and she's now very high up uh, channel <laughs> it still makes me laugh a little bit um but i thought i actually feel like it was probably quite a good motivator because i thought oh i think you're wrong i think i i think i can do this did that spare you on i don't not not like i'm gonna show you not not that but no. it, it, it did i just made me think it's probably quite important not to listen to anyone too much just just get on with trying to do do your best and keep sort of hustling and 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 see what happens that's just because the opinion of one person oh if it's if it's loads of people saying you know like i always <laughs> I was doing stand-up yeah when i was quite young uh me and joe would really <laughs> would really make us laugh the people that you'd see on the open mic circuit who were absolutely risibly bad like just like awful like yeah. just 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 couldn't couldn't do it weren't um weren't funny people if you spoke to them up they weren't funny it's not like they were sort of funny people that couldn't do it on stage just not very odd and we're always like 
how is no one ever? How is no one saying <laughs> saying to them like surely somebody like one of their friends just go? I don't think it's. Um, Look, I know you've but, got a dream and everything. Yeah, but, but you've given it. You've given it a decent go, and now it's time to uh, yeah stop that. Um, but I don't. Yeah, I, I never. Uh, I never felt like that was happening. I felt there was enough people sort of who were quite encouraging. Um, but I mean, it's it, it's a lottery. I think that I talked to Rima about this quite a lot. That acting, I would, I would hate to be an actor. Not only, let's assume that I could act. Forget that for a moment. <laughs> because I can't like the the rejection, the constant. Because that's so much of the job. Mm. Even for successful actors who who for everybody who, across who, the board who, who work yeah. a lot. There's like a there's there's a fraction of a percent of actors who don't have to worry about the next job. Like, and it's so small. And even the ones that you look at, so, you know, like, well, actually, yeah, you, Ema, people you're like, oh, yeah, I know these people. They're, they're, you're just going up for auditions and either getting told no or just never hearing back. Yeah. Constantly. Mm. And and that's that's a part of the job that people don't see. Um, and it's really, I, I think, just, like, emotionally damaging. Like, it makes me, it makes me feel really anxious when Ema's going up for stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I don't know how you, I genuinely don't know how you how you deal with it. And the thing with presenting is that once, I think probably, the just sort of in terms of numbers, the first break, your first sort of foot in the door is probably harder because there's so few... I mean, maybe that's not true so much anymore because there are more outlets. But I think still, like, there's not that many working presenters. If you look at how many working actors there are, they're just not the not the jobs. But crucially, once you're in, if you if you're half decent, does does work? And of course, there will be periods where you're there's a bit of a lull. But fundamentally, you probably are going to be okay and it's a much smaller um, pool of that. it's such you, a small you see pool. the same yeah yeah absolutely I, mean, I, all the time. Yeah, I sort of think well who are my competitors um for for jobs and there's probably like 10 people if that yeah like, re- really um yeah, if, they, if they're sort of i mean sometimes it may be more because they haven't decided whether they you know what they want like literally don't know if it's we want a man or a woman or we don't know if it's blah but it's it's not very many people who do the job and people know can do the job and obviously there is a shit ton of actors um and that's just that's just how it is yeah someone Uh, asked me the other day during an interview have you never thought about um going over to america i went well no why 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 would i do that there's loads more actors out there yeah know me i'll be start i'll be Getting that twenty odd years of building my career here and throwing it in the bin and starting from scratch. Why on earth would I want to do that? Yeah, that's ex- exactly the about ten years ago. I think I, w- I was in LA. I think for work, but for Brit- British TV. Yeah, and I met, and I, I just met some some agents because uh, my agent here said it would be a good idea. And the thing that I came away from it, firstly, it's weird, like Americans are quite sort of full on. And secondly, I was like, oh my God, I would be, I'd have to start from scratch again. 
I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to do that. And also, most it's of exhausting. them, as we know, don't get sarcasm anyway. No. So you're. Yeah. It's got to be. A you know that struggle that you've yeah. got, Rick. Yeah. 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 That's, that's yeah. You're gonna have to get rid of that. Yeah. Get rid of yeah. that. You know your personality. <laughs> We'd love to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to do a bit of work on that. Um. So. So yeah. And and which is and it's funny that sort of through no design or intention. I'm now doing a show in America. <laughs> um, and who knows, you know, whether that'll lead anywhere. But at least it's sort of, if it did, I would have done something. And so you're not quite starting from starting yeah. from scratch. But it's exhausting, the thought of oh, yeah. kind of, yeah, starting again. It doesn't... No. Uh, I've always said if there's a calling card, if there's some, if there's something that takes me there, exactly. because the steps of the career of the job, yeah. and it's a natural... I'm not going to say progression because I don't think it's progressive. It's just different. Yeah. Then I would. Yeah. I would think about it. But I was just reading something the other week, and then I went, "Oh, oh no! This is 18 weeks in Australia. I can't go to Australia for 18 weeks. I've got a, I've got a boy. I'm going to miss. Lo- I can't do that. You've got to balance. Yeah. The, you know, work life. Uh, I let you into a um, sort of personal joke which is that me and uh, all my friends um call uh our penises boys so when you say uh can't go to australia for 18 weeks i've got a boy uh, there's uh, internally i'm smoking <laughs> i'll just i can't go to australia for 18 weeks because i have a son yes better yeah much yep. better, okay, much better. i'm still thinking about your boy yeah of course <laughs> I mean, I can't leave the the podcast there because everybody is just <laughs> thinking of you thinking about my penis. Um, were you always very natural? Um, not natural. Relaxed in front of a camera. Um, I think not. I'd be interested. Would I? What, to go know. back and look at yeah, those I was about to say, yeah, Would I actually? I don't know. Yes, possibly. I don't like watching myself. I've never liked watching myself. And I know that people say you have to watch yourself because that's how you get better. And I'm not sure. It, well, I, I'm sure it may possibly in your line of work. I may, don't know. May, maybe. I'm, I'm not I'm not sure. But the same people say in my line of work, oh, yeah, I go back and I watch. It's agonising, though, isn't it? Well, I just see all the cracks. I, yeah. I see. Yeah. No. Oh, he's doing his... He's, he's, he's trying Do, to remember his line. Oh, he's, he's pulling that out. He's pulling that, yeah. Old, yeah. that old trope out, is he? But also, I get um, slightly... You know about the lack of control that sort of I have in my business. Mm. I get a bit miffed when they've possibly used a certain take or they've got cut to a different angle. I've gone, oh no, well, why have you done that? I wouldn't like to, not saying that I want to direct, but I've, I would have obviously done that differently. Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. It doesn't yeah. sit right with me. That, that I think, is probably quite universal with actors. I know Ema, Ema says that, and particularly on the, the show that she's just done, The Curse, where mm. there's a lot of. There's a lot of ad-libbing, a lot of it improvising. And so, and then obviously not very much of it can make it in because of the time constraints. No. And that, I think, can be quite frustrating. And you'll always remember, oh, I definitely said a really funny thing or I definitely did that better. Um, but what you always have to remind yourself is literally no one else knows that. So it, they're just watching it and enjoying it. Yeah. They're not thinking, oh, she could have delivered that a bit better. Um, so... Yeah, it's kind of yeah, it's a fool, it's a fool's game, isn't it? But yeah, what you no, want to I, do therefore is not watch yourself. Yeah, I think so. Certainly for me. But I went to see my goddaughter on stage at university in a, a play on 
Uh, me and my friends call our balls goddaughters. Ah, oh, brilliant, so, great. Yeah. There you go. We'll just, we'll just, we're just going to work around. Imagine if we did work around to the back. If you did, I suggest I suggest group therapy with your friends. But she came off. Just a bit sore, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I can't finish this story now. <laughs> you, you can, because you're going to forget yourself. <laughs> she, <laughs> she came off stage and, she, and we were just congratulating and she was fantastic. But she went, oh no, because I fucking, I messed up this and I, I missed out that. And I went, we don't know. That's the first time we've seen it. You've done it for the last few weeks and you've been rehearsing it. You know, but we don't. Yeah. So you'll just get away with it. It's totally fine. Yeah, it's true, but it's quite a hard thing to remind yourself of, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Are you critical on your, with yourself, with your... To, to sort of up to a point, because... Um, like, if you want to do another take of something and they go, we haven't got time, we've got to move on, would you I'm put your foot down? Not not really, actually. No, I'm, I'm quite... I. I quite like someone else sort of taking control and and sort of saying no no we that, got that, it that, that was good yeah that was that was you know um yeah I, I i i sort of i prefer that i think um also i don't like doing stuff multiple times anyway so, we've all, we, we already know you're lazy yeah, right? yeah i'm a lazy yeah. I'm quite a lazy man so if i think i've done it possibly uh in it goes <laughs> it'll do yeah <laughs> no one will know i could do that better <laughs> they've never seen me do it better <laughs> so yeah no i i can i can sort of where again in stark contrast to Ema, who is a who's a perfectionist but that that's why <laughs> you know being brutally honest that is why she will be way more one of the reasons she will be way more successful than me because she has a sort of a drive and a vision and a kind of um uh a, 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 yeah perfectionism and kind of she's quite controlling but in a good way and and she just she just cares so much and you can see it in her in, in, in her work, I think. And, you know, I watch her ITV, the, the crime drama that she's done, and she's been across, like, everything in a way that I just, I, I just never would be. I'd be like, no, I think that's probably fine. Um, and she'll, but she'll be, you know, really, like, finessing every single detail. Like, the, you know, she'll, she's on top of the, the music. She's on top of, like, putting the title signatures together. She's on top of the font. She's on top of the, like, like, like she just, you know, she's fastidious and, and brilliant. Um, and I am sort of quite, um, sort of sloppy <laughs> and like, all right. <laughs> but that may, I think that makes us a good team because you don't want to have two people who are brilliant and really competitive. No, no, you don't want that. You don't want that at all. Um, so I'm very happy that I just sort of, you know, I'll sit back and watch her sort of win, win loads of awards and uh, that'll be, that'll be great. <laughs> well, we started out our conversation talking about your good wife and we've just ended it talking about it. So I reckon she good, should good be very, very happy. She'll be through. Also, I've just been saying how great she is. Um, so yeah job done Rick Edwards thank you so much thank you very much
episode is done. What did I tell you? It's good one, right? Yeah, he's a good guy. I really like that episode. Um, I hope you did, and thank you for downloading and subscribing. The um, the Patreon-only special on this episode is an absolute belter. It's everything what you would want. So if you do support us on Patreon, get over there now and you'll hear extra stuff with myself and Rick. It's not the usual questions. I do try and change what we do on the Patreon each week. Um, And this is perfect. Uh, If you want to support us, then go to uh, twoshotpod at patreon.com and find out what you want to do. I mean, as little or as lot that's not even a sentence uh, as what you can afford to support the free podcast that we give you week in week out this is season nine episode 17 so that means what what does that mean craig it means we've only got three more episodes to go until the end of season nine and let me tell you what we're going to do after that we are going to have a little break okay Are we going to be stopping recording? No, we're going to start recording season 10. Because you know what we've changed. It's blocks of 20 episodes. Hmm? Are we going to be resting on our laurels, twiddling our thumbs, just hitting record with people? No, we're going to do much, much more. There's some exciting new things coming for season 10. You're going to see and hear a few changes. All changes for the best. Trust me. Um, you know, we're going to be doing live shows at Latitude Festival in the summer. If you come to Latitude, come uh, to the podcast tent and say hello. It'll be lovely to see you. Um, and we are going to try and uh, book in some live shows this year. We are just sorting that out. Um, so hopefully we'll see a few of you when we're on the road for a bit. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? So until next week, thank you so much for downloading, sharing, subscribing popping onto the socials and saying hello, spreading the word. It means a lot. Word of mouth is key, remember? Until next week, I've been Craig Parkinson, he's been producer Griff, and this has been the Two Shot Podcast. You take care. The Two Shot Podcast is presented by me, Craig Parkinson, recorded and produced by Thomas Griffin for Splicing Block. Our music, our brilliant music, is courtesy of Then Thickens. Cheers. Cheers.